Grace and peace, everybody. This is Pastor Nate. Thank you for joining another edition of Bridging the Gap. I'm Pastor Nathan Brozier. If you will please just share this broadcast to your social media platform and hit the subscribe button right below to this broadcast to get weekly updated sessions. Well, today I want to introduce and welcome to our audience for the first time, my friend, Pastor Andre Mitchell, who is currently the senior pastor of Deliverance Temple in Muncie, Indiana. Welcome you, Pastor Mitchell. Hey, how you doing, my brother? My brother, it's a great, I'm, I've always wanted to have you on this episode just for the simple fact that your voice is butter. And, uh, <laughs> it butter. would sound great on, on this audio. So it is my honor, man, to meet you and have you, I've met you now. I was telling somebody the other day, I think I've met, I've known you now since the late nineties. Yeah, uh, definitely. We were introduced, I think from a friend, um, uh, a friend of uh, I've known since fourth and fifth grade of Reggie Gross. Yes. You, you mentioned he was in your wedding, yes. which I did not know. And and he kind of said back in the day when I was a youth pastor at a former church I was going to, he said, man, Nate, you got to get with my buddy, Andre. This guy is on fire. He's just my guy. Your group needs to get connected with him. And here we are now, 20 some years later. Yeah. And how God works things out. So it's amazing how that works. It is amazing how God just orchestrates certain things. And in here, we look back years later and we got more things to do in the future. So this is just the beginning. Me and you're fairly the same age. You know, I think we're six months apart. Yep. You're so older. Though. I am an yeah, older man older today. One. And, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. We're not too far off. And, uh, so let's get started. Let me ask you a question. Can you take a few minutes and just talk to us a little bit about your upbringing? There may be people watching or hearing for the first time. This is the first time they know about you. Uh, give them a little up. Give them a little story about your upbringing, if you will. All right. So I am uh, was raised in a Christian household. Mm-hmm. So my father was a pastor. Is uh, is a pastor, and my father's uh, cousin was a pastor as well as my uh my mother's father was a pastor so i had church oh, all wow. around me and so they decided to send me to private christian school and i became the first african american male to graduate that school in 1994 wow so not 1800s but 1994, <laughs> 1994. i was the first african american male to graduate that school but my uh house was close to the hood so to speak. So I had uh, all these nuances where I'm the church boy in the pastor's house in the hood, but I'm the only black kid at the Christian school. And the two schools had were different denominations. I mean, well, my church and the school had different denominations. So I never felt like I fit in. So that was always a struggle for me. Wow. So you said that was 1994? Yeah, when I graduated. Okay, okay. Now, tell me, now you said your father was a pastor, is correct? Yes. And uh, so how long had he been pastoring? For pretty much your whole life? Or Well, uh, first of all, the founder of our ministry, which was my dad's cousin, he started uh, pastoring. So he was there first. And I think my dad took over in 1985. Okay. So okay. I would have been around 10, just, just like right before my 10th birthday. Sure, sure. You know, I always tell people, people have asked me that question. How do you, you, your father being a pastor, you know, and that's a little different, you know, and and, and I was, my father was my pastor for about two years. Uh, And then he had a big church issue split, but he had always been like an evangelist type and, and going forth, he was in a praise team or not a praise team. I think they called it. Uh, quartets oh, <laughs> back yeah. in the day, and so he would go around traveling to churches, and they would preach and stuff in that way. But you know, always people always made it sound like it was 
so hard to be, man, you probably, you can't escape church. It's always around you. You go to church, you go home, you got church. You got to go to church, you got church yeah. with dad. How, how was that? I mean, how, how was that to handle? It was, it was definitely that because I'm going to a Christian school too. Yeah, right. So, so you leave church on Sunday and then you got to go to a Christian school on Monday. Wow. But then also in the hood, so to speak, you, you got all these people who are maybe a little bit different, a little edgy, and mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out how do you like them, how do you fit in with them. And it was as simple as my parents' rules. Like, hey, you can go on this street, but you can't go on that street. Right. You can hang out here. You can't hang out there. So there's like all these limitations all right. around. And right. then being the PK, you have the spotlight is on you all the time. And then for the founder of the church, we were related to him too. So it was just like, wow. it was a lot of that kind of pressure. Wow. Well, we're going to talk about pressure next week and I'm looking forward to that session. Um, uh, we're going to talk about overcoming pressure. And so let me ask you this question. I get, I get, I ask this question all the time, but tell us how God called you into ministry and how old were you and how did he speak to you personally? I love this question because God speaks to everybody differently. And uh, some people would say, well, you've been your pastor's son, so you just automatically are called. No, that's not the case. But tell us a little bit about your story in that. So my story is quite unique in that when I first felt like God had called me, I was coming down from a tequila binge hangover. Oh, wow. So uh, Mezcal tequila, I'll never never forget it. So I had a whole bunch of uh, Boone's Farm and bunch of stuff and then i decided to mix it all with some tequila wow and i just didn't know what i was doing being a church boy in college trying to drink with the big boys drink with the football team and i woke up with my head on the toilet (laughs) (laughs) i can imagine that yes you know room spinning and i heard this as clear as day one day you're gonna speak my word Mm. And I'm thinking, I know I'm drunk. I got, I, I'm definitely drunk because there's no way God is calling me. But that was just a little seed that was uh, planted. And once I began to step into ministry, that scene always came back to me. But about a year after that, I was in a situation where I had uh, basically challenged God. I didn't believe in him anymore or thought I wasn't. And I was like, God, if you're so real, you got to show me something. Kind of sassing God type of thing. And my God, did he show me something? I actually had a visitation and a vision on my dorm room wall that changed me for the rest of my life. And uh, that's a long story. But I stood up from that moment and said, God, I'll serve you to the day I die. Wow. And that it just it just shifted everything to the point where I, I left school without getting my degree there and came back to work my dad in ministry. It's just like it was a total 180 type of thing that jolted me. You've got me intrigued. I want, I need to hear the story, man. <laughs> All right, let's let's see if I can go with the the fast. Story. Yeah, give me the the, the short the, the, the cliff yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. Cliff notes was that uh, I had two roommates, and both of them had went to parties, mm-hmm. and I got invited to both parties. But I made up in my mind that that particular weekend that I was going to be the good boy, and I was going to uh, study. Okay. So I go, I write a paper, and it disappears on my disc that I had saved wrote it again a second time and it disappears a second time and I'm just ticked off and decide I'm just going to come home and go to the dorm room and I was thinking I should have went and party I should have went and got high but I tried to be the good boy 
So I go into my dorm and the doors lock and it, it doesn't open. So I'm locked out of my dorm on top oh of my that. Goodness. So this okay. is like by this time, it's like four o'clock in the morning. I'm totally ticked off. And so I go into the next room, which is where we would like play cards or whatever, because I don't know how I'm going to get into my room. And I say, you know, I try I'm trying to do the right thing. And God never looks out for me. And God, if you're so real, show me something. And. I just that was it and nothing happened. So I was just like, Yeah, all this fairy tale God stuff is just it's just you know, so my parents told me it's just stupid. But then somebody walked in the room and I was like, Oh great, it's probably the A D and, and he's gonna let me be able to let me in the room and I turned over my shoulder and nobody was there. But I physically felt somebody walk in the room. Oh man. Over it and it was over like my left shoulder. About two minutes later, I felt same and again I was like, Oh, okay, the guy's here, maybe I can get in the room and turned over and there was nobody there and this is what changed me forever is that i it dawned on me that i had just challenged god it mm. <laughs> it hit me and i was like oh oh shoot <laughs> right but once i actually realized it was god in the room i felt this amazing love mm. that i had something i had never felt in my life so here i am challenging god he should punish me or lightning strike me or something right and i just feel this crazy awesome love and tears just start jumping out of my eyes like crocodile tears like because it just dawned on me oh man i i I know better than than challenging you and it was it was kind of like a what have you done for me lately type of thing but i hadn't done anything for god so why did i expect him to do anything for me but man he just loved me loved me loved me and I, i i describe it like being when you're in water and you're deeper in water how it's so thick it felt like a thick love and it was just it was just so amazing but then it all disappeared in in about i don't know how long i was feeling that but then it all lifted and i was back to my normal self wow and i was apologetic and i was like god i'm sorry i'm sorry for that but then all of a sudden i seen something on the wall and to, to make a long story short i seen like a light on the wall that looked like the light of a lighter like when you flick a big lighter that it wasn't a flame it was just a light yeah. I, I seen it and then it would travel different places across the wall and I thought I was like man am I tripping or what's going on right and but I was thinking maybe it's a street light but I was up on like the second story second floor I was like it can't be the street light to make a long story short every place that light moved on the wall it was like connect the dots mm. and they all connected and I seen a vision of a man from his uh, I didn't see his head, uh, but from his neck down to his waist and with arms stretched out like this. And I could see the cuff of a robe. Wow. And I just heard, uh, come home, come home. And I, I knew what it meant. I, I, I ended up eventually coming, actually coming home, mm-hmm. coming, uh, leaving school and coming home. But it meant come back to me. And his yeah. arms were open for me. Wow. And I just... I just said, man, I'll serve you to the day I die. So that that's that's kind of the fast paced story of of just how he loved me when I was just being a jerk. Oh man. So at that moment right there, you you said you were in college and then you went back home right there and you started helping your father in ministry. Is that correct? Yeah, well so I I came home and and when I was I was on a, a semester break and my dad said, he said, God showed me something while you've been away and I was like what he's like you're gonna preach his word the same thing I'd heard a year before when I was on that hangover Mm. but I hadn't Mm. told anybody so it's like God had told my dad and so then my dad was just like just hang around he didn't give me any opportunities just like hang around and when I go to church we'll just help me and I just start helping him do things 
Wow. And then one particular Sunday, uh, the spirit got kind of high and I found myself in the front of the church and I turn around and look at my dad for him to save me and like get me out of the situation. And he stuck the mic out. Oh man. <laughs> and I grabbed the mic and the rest is history. I've been, wow. I've been preaching ever since. So hold up. He gave you that mic. What went through your head at that one moment? is like the first thing that went through my head is do not tell your testimony. Okay. Cause my, my parents didn't know I had been drinking and trying drugs okay. and, and pornography. No, th- that was hidden. Okay. I just came back home as like, God has been dealing with me. Uh-huh. But in that moment, man, my mouth started pouring and I started telling wow. stuff and my, my mom's eyes are getting big. Like, <laughs> like what, oh, what were you down there doing? Not my baby. <laughs> yeah. Not my baby, but the whole church, it started touching the whole church and the young wow. people start coming to the altar. And that was the first time I knew I actually had a gift. So wow, man. it was, it was and, wild. And what, what year was this? This would have been, uh, let's see, 96. 96. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. And so ever since here, here you are. Yeah. So I didn't preach my first official message in 1997. Okay. So I kind of stayed around my dad for a whole year man. and then. Interesting. Me and you got similar time frames, man. I, my first message was in, I gave my heart to the Lord or returned back to the Father in 97. And I preached my first message in 97 as well. So Sweet. that's pretty interesting, man. We're on the same time frame. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is an awesome testimony, my man. Uh, I, I like hearing that kind of stuff, man, just to see where God really pulls people from. And I know there's people watching right now or even listening that feels like they may have went too far. And so people hearing stuff like that, uh, it's eye-opening for, I can only imagine it's eye-opening for them, but yeah, for me as well. Definitely. So but at that time, so now you're back at uh, Deliverance Temple with your father. Uh, outside of your father, I can only imagine he was probably the most influential person in your life. Can you, is there anybody else that you can say that was influential in molding Pastor Andre Mitchell into who you are today? Yeah, so... So when it came to start listening to other people, uh, someone mentioned some lady named Joyce Meyer. Okay. Just just heard heard okay. about her, about her, and I was working at the Christian bookstore, and I start seeing these Joyce Meyer books. Okay. And so we we were allowed to take any book as long as we brought it back. So mm-hmm. I just pulled pulled a book off the shelf and start reading it, and she really helped me to discipline my flesh. Wow. Because I'm coming out of, God didn't deliver me from everything right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm moving into ministry, but I still got some hangups. Sure. And that really helped discipline my flesh. Wow. And then good. there's an older guy named Kenneth Hagen. Sure. A lot of his books I begin to read, and that whole mindset of faith begin mm-hmm. to kind of grip me, and uh, that that molded me. Okay. Then, uh, then there's, I remember laughing about a guy, I seen this book, and his name was Creflo Dollar. I was like, <laughs> I said a guy like that with a name like Dollar. <laughs> I was like, so yeah. I really laughed about right. it, but then I didn't know that God was going to use his ministry yeah, yeah. to really shift the way I looked at the word. And so between my dad and other, my grandfather, sure. like I said, too, between those, those people and Joyce Meyer, Creflo Dollar, Kenneth Hagin, those things be really begin to kind of discipline me in the, into loving the word. Okay, And that's where my old Christian school came back because we used to have learned verses. And oh, so I had all these yeah. verses in me. Just and stuck I, in your head. And they start coming back to him, and I start getting the meat of what the verse meant in the mm-hmm. context, and I just start falling in love with the yeah, word. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I, I went to a Christian school for the, the, the early stages, not as late as yours. 
Uh, so yeah, I remember that same thing. I remember having, having to learn chapters and we had to repeat them in front of our, whatever we called yeah. it in chapel time. And so, yeah, man, that stuff is, that stuff's powerful. Uh, yeah. And, and repeating those verses, they didn't mean anything to me, anything exactly. to me back then, but the second time around they, they meant like John yeah. three sixteen meant mm. something to me then. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Now, now you're married. Is that correct? Yes. Now, how long have you been married? Twenty two years. Well, it'll be twenty two years in uh, next year. So I got married in two thousand. So I never forget how long I've been right, married. Right. Just <laughs> look at whatever year we're in. Look at it. Yeah. Interesting. Now, now you have children. I take it as well. Yes, three children. Three children. You're married and with children. That's an amazing thing. So, did you meet your wife in church? How did how did that come about? How Actually, so about? she went to the same church as me, as well as the same high, Christian high school. At, oh, as really? I went to. Okay. Yes, but we were we were uh, four, three years apart, but like four when it comes to school years. Okay. So when I went off to uh, college, she was a freshman, and it's like okay. But when I came back, I was like, where did <laughs> that that girl's kind of blossomed. She looks <laughs> <laughs> right. She right. looks a little little different. And then, uh, so coming back into school, uh, coming back out of school into church, there were a lot of people who were leaving God, and I was coming back to God. Wow. And my wife, who was just then a, a person going to the church in the youth group, I seen she had the same passion for God that I did. She never left God. Right. I did, and we just connected on a friendship level. Wow. And we, we were just someone to talk to about our faith, and then it developed into love. And so, so thing. you met her from really more of the school side of things. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we 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 grew up around each other, okay. but it just like I wasn't necessarily interested. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just she was a girl four years younger than me, sure. so I knew her. Okay, but it wasn't until later that I knew her. I you know, it's like you. oh, I or seen her. It's like wow, I got you. <laughs> So did she go to Deliverance Temple ever? Or just... Yeah, she went to Deliverance Temple. Oh, okay. her, her her dad and mom used to be my youth pastors. Oh, shoot. Well, wow. way okay. back in the day. So like I said, we've known each other forever. So there's always been a connection there. But That's just, awesome. It just never seen what, what we saw until later. Wow. Let me ask this question. I ask this question every week to people, and mainly pastors. I like to hear, hear this discussion. Next week we're going to talk about overcoming pressure, and uh, we're going to get into a lot of discussion about what, what that topic's all about. But... But I ask this question often because I love vision. Now, let me ask you this. Where do you see yourself in this ministry of Deliverance Temple going in the next five years? You know what? The number five is a special number to me because it means grace. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that ministries who focus on the grace of God are going to, for lack of a better term, blow up. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much judgment, so much beating up, mm-hmm. and there's so many people who are closer to God than they realize. Like I, I was so far away from God when I I was at school yeah. and he just was just a whisper away from me to mm-hmm. grab me and pull me back. And so in the next five years, I see the ministry of grace and love. And our, our church, we have a model is called love L O V E live in our vision every day and just Living showing our vision every day. Yeah. Like which, yeah, which spells love and it's showing Christ's love to everybody. Wow. And I believe that, that we're going to see a turn. Not ju- When I say deliver yourself, I'm also talking about the kingdom of God because yeah. things are bigger than just your oh, church and your amen. ministry. Amen. But in the next five years, I see the kingdom being put on the forefront where those who are teaching love and the grace of God is going to really start reaching people. And they're going to, we're not going to be begging people to come to church. Come you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be more, more natural. Man, that's exciting. I, I, I hear you. That's confirmation. And, I believe it. Uh, you know, I think we get so territorial in the world of 
or have had been territorial in the world of church that these are my people, you know, yeah. thinking to myself, me and Bishop say this often, uh, O'Neill, uh, Delaware County has got about 115, 20,000 people in the yeah. city. If you can get a thousand, you're still not even scratching the surface. Scr- yeah. You're not you know, we have hundreds of churches in the, in Muncie and not everybody is being impacted by the house of God and, and the ministry kingdom mindsets. And, so, man, we've got to work together. Somebody had gave me a, a word saying that I believe in this next coming years that there's going to be a mass amount of uh, churches coming together to unite uh, and preach the message of love and grace. So this is some good confirmation that there's going to be a great revival, so to speak, yeah. uh, in the body of Christ that's going to come. And, uh, man, I'm feeling that. That's so. a, that's how I, I see it. And, and how it, it benefits each church may be different, mm-hmm. but it'll be the same same That's work, right. That's in, right. like in in the New Testament, it was it was called the Church of Corinth, mm. not all the different individual house right. churches, but it was right. the church. So the Church of Muncie or the Church Come of the on, United man. States. Is going to be seen, and so that's what I'm looking for in the next five years. Wow! And if it doesn't happen in the next fifteen, I'll be faithful. Yes. Until then, so I, I'm not putting a time clock on an eternal God. Amen. But you have to have vision, man. That's what I want to hear. I'm I'm so thankful to hear pastors, and that's why I asked that question. I'm so thankful to see pastors or hear pastors speak what God is speaking to their spirit, and to say, "Now I see it. Now, now we've got to go forward and make it happen and see it happening." So. And I appreciate you sharing this today, your testimony. You're a, you're a great uh, a great guy to know. And if you're not sure of who this man is, hey, Deliverance Temple, where's your location at? 720 East 2nd Street in Muncie, Indiana, 47302. That's right. And you probably got a website, Facebook page. They can probably look up as well. Yes. So you can also look up AndreMitchell.com. Uh, That'll get you to Andre Mitchell Ministries. And then delivetemp.org, okay. D-E-L-I-V-T-E-M-P.org will get you to the Deliverance Temple website. Now, there's things you may not know that are watching or listening. This guy writes books I saw on Facebook the other day yeah. saying that God's been speaking to you about writing books and your wife's been encouraging you. Yeah. So I was checking that out. So, man, he, we got big things in store for you to to bring to pass and bring to, to the table. So I'm excited about yeah. Andre Mitchell. And where you're going, man. Yeah, but we're believing God for everything. Amen, amen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us this week on Bridging the Gap. And again, I want you to come back next week and tune in to this topic of overcoming pressure. And we thank you. God bless. We'll see you next week.